0: I'm Danny,
1: and I'm Damika. and we are biracial unicorns,
0: and we are thoughtful and mm. we're brilliant. and our ambiguous ethnic blend perfectly represents the dream of the American melting pot. <laughs> it's
1: it just true. it's it just actually rolls off the tongue. I it don't does. know that should just be our tagline for forever. I mean forever.
0: Yeah, no, you know, we didn't write it. no, we we didn't,
1: but it sounds legit. <laughs> It's on on brand. That's what everyone says. It's
0: on brand. (laughs) It's on brand. What do you feel about being on brand? Do you have a personal brand, D'Amika? Gosh, I don't know.
1: I don't. I feel like that's for people who are just, like, trendsetters, like, crazy, unique. Like, everyone wants a piece of that. And I feel like most people want a little bit less of me. Like, I'm not being negative. I'm just saying that <laughs> that people get their fill of me. Like, it's like, I'm like quiche. You're like, you don't want a whole thing of quiche. You just want, like, oh, I'll just take a sliver. And you're, like, satisfied. You're like, mm, that was a good quiche. But I don't need, like, a whole thing of quiche. So mm. I just compared myself to quiche.
0: All right. I mean... A- You're making me hungry.
1: (laughs) I could go for some quiche right now. Right now, I need some green chili quiche, stat. (laughs) And that's how we start off our show, right there. Brilliant. Uh, We're live. Where I guess we—it's post Valentine's Day now. By the time this comes out, I mean
0: by the time we're recording, too,
1: it's already post Valentine's. Oh, it's all post Valentine's. I don't even know what day it is. This is awful. You don't. You're uh,
0: exhausted. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> no, It's totally good. It's all good things. It's not all work stuff. Like I've, I've been like swimming a couple of days, gosh, like three, four days this week as well, like really hard. Nice. So, yeah, I really feel it. But do you – I don't know if you swim a lot. I know you're like a – you are sus- like hiddenly healthy. Like oh, you don't want people to know really. how – you don't, you know, uh. I, I don't buy it. You're like, on <laughs> down low. You're like, I'm actually like yoga level 400 and I don't eat anything with a shadow. Like you're like totally <laughs> low key, super healthy. And it really annoys me.
0: <laughs> I do do yoga and I am a vegetarian, but yeah. I'm not, I'm not like healthy. <laughs> mm. what, yeah, whatever. But I support you and I'm just trying to let you know the magical unicorn that you are. Thanks. But to answer your question, no, I'm not a swimmer. I enjoy water. I enjoy the ocean a lot. And Mm. I enjoy swimming. But I'm not I don't know how to like I took swimming lessons at one point, but I'm not skilled in actually swimming. It's kind of just, you know, flail around in the water and hope (laughs) for the best.
1: I feel like that in itself needs to be a whole episode because my dad didn't didn't give me loads of advice, but I do remember him being very serious with me talking about how um, black people don't swim, though he swims (laughs) and we don't camp and we don't ski. I definitely thought like definitely swimming has been one of those ones where I'm like, oh, dad, you're so silly. But then when I go to the pool and I'm like the darkest thing there for miles, I'm like, well, uh, I don't know. I, I even swam in college same same thing there was me and this beautiful gorgeous native american gal who was a way better swimmer than me and i just remember being like well we got to stick together girl and we did <laughs> we're like let's share this lane cuz only you like only we understand how ashy we're going to be after we get out of this water right? that's the truth but that's
0: that's why your skin looks so good is because Mm-mm. you're aware that you look ashy after you get out of the water so yeah. you put on some lotion Whereas mm. <laughs> fair-skinned people are like, oh, I'm fine. They don't, <laughs> they don't realize. <laughs> they don't realize what they're doing to themselves.
1: Maybe we should start implementing like a word, a uh, ethnic phrase or word of the day and been like, what is ashy? And because and I feel like some people don't know. I've met people like, what is ashy? And I'm really? like, I can't. What? Yeah, I, I have met grown folk who don't
0: know what ashy is. And I feel... I feel like um, that's all yeah. like like was like the mantra of middle school was just girls constantly being like my legs look ashy <laughs> <laughs> all the time <laughs> and I'm just like Put on lotion, then. I don't know. My middle school
1: was pretty hood. All the girls had like forehead burns from trying to do the really big bangs. Oh and well, so, yeah. yeah, everyone
0: had yeah. forehead burns from from the bangs, but there was a lot of talk about like their skin looking ashy too.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I'm sorry. We're actually trying to do like a, a podcast about like friendship, and we're just knocking <laughs> women women down. All right, let's let's build them back up. We today we're actually doing a part de. A part two to our, will you be my friend? Cause that we did it with the intention and the underline of what does it look like to try to make friends cross know, culturally, racially, uh, the, the complexity yeah, yeah. of that. Yeah, we, we did that more and we realized that we were kind of dipping in a little bit into other kind of segments. So we thought we would make a whole separate one of talking about gender, This one is specifically, part two, going to be about female-to-female and female-identifying relationships. Yeah?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll probably end up touching on some other things, but I think the main focus is female-female relationships.
1: I think so. I'm really excited. It's funny, in researching that, I was pleasantly surprised. There was quite a couple articles saying that female relationships are on trend (laughs)
0: <laughs> I don't mm. understand. Like I, I get it. You have feelings about things being on trend. <laughs> I know. But continue. <laughs> I know.
1: But isn't that so sad like friendships need to be on trend? But I I, I once I read And I was kind of understanding, like, we've come a long way from Little Women, haven't we? Like, if you think Mm -hmm. about, especially like in the media, we've gone from like, the only real strong female movie we would kind of cling on to or book was, you know, Little Women. Then we kind of went to Yaya, Sister, of Traveling Pants. I don't want to talk about it.
0: I'm going to (laughs) interject,
1: though. I'm going to interject. Yes, Yes, interject. Strong
0: female friendship, Lucy and Ethel. (gasps) You took it.
1: Back, back. Uh, you know what? Yes, I'm for it. And I just figured out our Halloween costumes for next year, you and I. Oh, my so- God.
0: Amazing. And, you know, <gasps> Vivian Vance was from yeah. Albuquerque. No. Yes. No. Yeah, like her Emmy or whatever is at ALT, Albuquerque Little Theater.
1: Yeah, totally. <gasps> yeah, because she, she was,
0: I mean, I don't think she was born here, but she lived here. Yep. All right, done.
1: Let's start working on our Halloween <laughs> costumes. I, I'm so, I'm I'm pumped for it. But but you're right, though, like we we have like every decade because we even had like Laverne and Shirley, we would get like these little snippets of these really great kind of that. But I think now in the last, let's say, 10 years, we've kind of had that overload of increasing female relationships. Uh, we've had like Tina Fey and uh, Amy Poehler. We've had the show Girls. We've now we've got Broad City. And of course, we're going to touch on our personal favorite. And what would yeah. that be, Danny? parks and rec <laughs> yes that i'm honestly like have you seen a more lovely female relationship
0: i feel like yeah the true love story of parks and rec is Anne and leslie yeah more so than any of the romantic relationships i think mm-hmm. and even though Anne leaves the cast i feel like the real love story is Anne and leslie like I we know. see them go from like Meeting each other to becoming BFFs.
1: Oh, definitely. Or even just like that—not the will they, won't they. It's just more like, will Anne actually like just accept it? Because it's kind of just happening to her.
0: I mean, Leslie. <laughs> you know? It's kind of like I was talking about in the previous episode, where I was saying what I need from a friend is somebody to just tell me that <laughs> we're going to be friends. And that's Leslie. That's who yeah. Leslie is. Is she's just like we're best friends now. Ah, <laughs> uh, but. But
1: that's coming from. I'm getting ahead of myself. But that just came from an overflow of just being confident in who she was. Do you know mm, what I mean? I love that absolutely. confidence. Uh, but we're, I'm getting ahead of ourselves. So, do you celebrate Valentine's Day? Are you pro con? Are you? Maybe that's why they're saying it's on trend because Valentine's Day broke the internet this year. It I think yeah, it, it overshadowed.
0: It was massive. I heard that it actually, so Valentine's Day is a holiday with millennials, yeah. is like spending <laughs> has gone way down because mm-hmm. we're like, fuck this shit. I mean, mm-hmm. the majority of people I know who are our age don't care for Valentine's Day, uh, myself included. I mean, for me, it's different because it's my sister's birthday, so it's kind of her day in my mind mm. <laughs> and not that. Not I Valentine's think is
1: actually day. really sweet, <laughs> but anyway
0: yeah but so spending is way down for valentine's day for millennials but galentine's day has like blown up and evidently Mm -hmm. they're making more money all these corporations and everything making more money from galentine's day than valentine's day which i find hilarious oh i know but it's that fine line now
1: of because i think it was meant to empower specifically right. women, obviously, of that we have more complexity, we have more variety in relationship as far as love goes than just a partnership, Absolutely. you know,
0: a physical one. I love that shift in thinking. I don't think romantic and sexual relationships should be held up on the pedestal that they are. Like, yes, they're important. And yes, you know, my relationship with my husband is the most important relationship in my life but it's also just one of the most important relationships in my life right like I think platonic friendships are are equally important even if they don't have that same sexual part to them like I think you can have deep feelings for a person yes and it not be sexual or romantic
1: You know what? I completely agree. And I think the fact that we don't address it, and I hope we get to talk about this a little bit when we maybe talk about male-female relationship, is that because we don't talk about it and we basically don't address it, we can have deep feelings without it being sexual, that we don't know how to act. Most people have a Mm. a weirdness with male-female relationship. And I think just as a society, we are just still not okay we're not really settled with it, but once again we're gonna we're gonna put that on a oh, lovely little heart-shaped yes. box and put that next to the conversational hearts on a shelf and we'll <laughs> open that up very soon I, we promise
0: right I mean we have to so that I can have my my rant about heteronormative society and how much I hate it
1: you and I know how much you love to talk about that <laughs> <laughs> well okay, so now I have to ask you do do you have would you say you have, like, a strong female friendships? Do you have, you know what I mean? Like, do you have a yaya ya Do you have a waiting to ale? Do you have, like, a female tribe that you're just like, women assemble, and they just, you know, that you can call up?
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess it's complicated. Mm, it'd be weird if it wasn't. Because that tends mm-hmm. to be part of female friendships, I think, is it's yes. complicated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think... More so now than ever, I do, Mm. I tend to have a lot of male friends, but I have, you know, like I have a female best friend who's amazing, and I love her. But I mean, I don't really have like a a girl squad, as is Mm. depicted on TV. But I also work, my work situation is all female, which is kind of amazing. Oh, awesome. Yeah, so it's a squad. Like there's five of us who are full-time and one who is also pretty much with us. She works for two organizations, so she's kind of shared, you know, essentially six of us in my my organization and we're all mm. women around the same age. So that's been like really interesting and cool to be a part of and very different, a very different experience for me. But it's like so refreshing to have a group of women who aren't in competition with each other and are just so Mm, supportive of each other and like constantly trying to lift each other up and support each other with our goals and you know acknowledge how awesome we are like it's it's really nice but but I wouldn't say that I have, like, you know, a sisterhood of traveling pants. I've never seen that movie. Is that no is a group no of women? I don't have a I'm, babysitter's yes. club. I don't have a
1: babysitter's we, club. Yes, I can relate. There we go. We just dated ourselves. but
0: Yes. <laughs> I have, you know, like, my sister who I'm close to. I have a female okay. best friend. And I have a couple of other friends who are female who I'm pretty close to. How about you?
1: You know what's funny? My answer is very similar. I, I, my closest and oldest and dearest friend is actually a male. I had a dude of honor at my wedding. Um, I've lived mm. with guys in college. Kind of the same thing of the complexity, but I will say, in my life, in the last oh gosh, like seven years, six, seven years, I have been really blessed to make some really solid, really lovely human beings that are that happen to also be female um, as so that I, I can really call a friend most of them are in New Mexico but I have made some really awesome females here that are um, that are complex and compassionate and uh, that I'm I really hope to like continue to grow in strength and strengthen relationship here it is interesting when you become a mom you get thrown into in the deepest end of mm. female relationship. You uh, yeah. Play. Yeah. Yeah. you just get tossed in. I sense that. And it was a really hard adjustment for me personally to where women who are just, there are some women who are really made and suited for motherhood and really embrace it. And I think it's freaking beautiful. I am for it. I am envious of you and your comfort in it. And some women feel so empowered um, and like they feel more of themselves than they ever have after they give birth and have a kid. I did not feel that way. (laughs) I had a very opposite experience of that. But because you're kind of thrown into that, like I needed to get a consultation for breastfeeding, and I sleep habits were hard, like everything was a challenge. But being surrounded by a group of women who were really empowered, really comfortable in their bodies, as far as that goes, that really helped me just to really admire women and kind of seek out those relationships a little bit more. Because that's just the environment I was in. There's playgroups when I got here, and I had to kind of learn. <laughs> it felt like when you are a little kid, like, will you be my. I had to learn how to
0: talk to women and be mm-hmm. in that environment. And. Well, it seems like motherhood is a great way to start mm-hmm. to build those female relationships, says the woman who is not a mother. <laughs> but. It- In my experience, making any sort of friend post age of six, it's all about uh, shared interests or shared experiences, right? That's how you make a friend is you Mm -hmm. have something that you're interested in and that other person's interested in that too. And you connect over that or you have something that you're doing that they're doing. It's the same and you do that activity t- together, or you support each other in doing that activity. So, being a mother is something that only women be. So that seems like an easy way. <laughs> that it seems like an easy way to make female friendships. Mm-hmm. And so, I'm not. I don't have that experience. So I think it's it's a little different for me. But I I see in the the women that I'm friends with. They tend to be a certain type, I guess. So there's like a type of person who I tend to get along with regardless of gender. So it's like mm-hmm. not even just women, but the men who I'm close friends with tend to be of the same type also. So I think mm. it's for me, it's like personality connection or like to take it back to Parks and Rec because always, yeah. I I think we've established I'm an April in my life. <laughs> I, I don't know. I've never been brave enough to
1: like just hammer myself down in a character. I've never been bold enough to do it.
0: It's just too hard. I wasn't until Parks and Rec. <laughs> when, <laughs> before I even saw the show, a friend of mine was like, you need to watch this show because there's a character who is you. On this show. I was like, what? <laughs> Whatever. But then I watched it and, like, you know, first episode, I was like, oh, she was referring to April. I'm April. <laughs> but awesome. this same friend and a couple of my other close friends all think of themselves or identify with the character Ron. So I think it's kind of funny that they've all separately told me that they're they're a Ron type um, <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's just my type I mean this is a, a bit of a, a side conversation
1: it is all right well here well, let, well let's bring it in all right well we were talking about female friendships we are obviously very struggling with it so with that set do do we need them if if we're struggling so much and they're kind of you know hit and miss a little bit do we need female friendships?
0: Well, I mean, I I was considering this uh, beforehand also. I mean, I've I've done a lot of struggling with like, how much do you even need friendships? <laughs> because I'm such an antisocial person. <laughs> um, <laughs> this,
1: this, this podcast went dark so quickly.
0: <laughs> I know, I know. But we do. We we're social creatures, right? And even though I'm like I'm antisocial, I'm really not that antisocial, and I I make time. No, I and space don't buy for it. Friends, even though I in the back of my mind, I'm always like, I just want to be alone in a dark room listening to stories about serial killers. <laughs> Same. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, but but I think all sorts of friendships are important. And I mean, I want to apologize, we've been talking a lot about kind of gender binary. And obviously, there's it's not just male and female friendships. There's also non-binary friendships, yes. which I'm sure are equally as complicated. Um, so that's why I'm just trying to go into one at a time, one thing at yeah. a time. Yeah, uh.
1: one thing. That's all we can handle because we're obviously – we're not even good at this. So let's – to try to crack right. open a can of worms that we're not right. – that so that's hard for us to even speak on.
0: Mm-hmm. Female friendships. I read like a really interesting – Statistic, which I I don't know what the source is for it, so I'm a little apprehensive even sharing it. But maybe it's just Mm. a good place to start talking about it. Married men live longer than single men. Like that's that's studies have been done. Okay, I believe it. Women, it doesn't matter if they're married or not. Like it doesn't affect their life expectancy. They have the same life expectancy regardless of marriage. Mm. Which I mean is fucking boss like i love that (laughs)
1: oh i'm gonna live oh i'm gonna live regardless of my status right
0: (laughs) exactly so that's just female male or female female or male male partnerships right yet females who have strong female friendships in their lives, live longer than those who do not. Ooh. All, right, all I, right. I think that's kind of interesting. That is. Also reminded me of and sent me down a whole other different rabbit hole of these studies that are being done with these little rodents, prairie voles. Do you know? But they are i've never oh. heard of them uh but they no. look like they look like hamsters and they're like okay. just adorable little poofs with like black shiny eyes <laughs> they're like oh i'm already gotas. sold yeah they're adorable <laughs> they live in like meadows or whatever but they're <laughs> <laughs> i need a meadow in my life <laughs> <laughs> right but they're they're monogamous which is like unusual right like Only like 3% of mammals are monogamous. So so they've done a lot of studies on them and like specifically like their social patterns to kind of better understand humans, blah, blah, blah. Something that was really interesting about them. So they, they form like lifelong companionships with their mates. And when they're put in stressful situations, male prairie voles will run to their female partner to like, you know, for support, for help, whatever. But when a female is put in stressful situation, she will run to the females that she was raised with.
1: Oh, snap. Right? Wow. I'm actually, oh, I'm freaking intrigued. So, okay. So with that, I actually feel so glad that you said that first, because I had some... I had some iffiness about this, and I read an article about benefits of female friendships because you can find a lot of negativity about female friendship. Oh, and right. we'll get into that, Oh, obviously. So me hunting and sifting through people who are like, no, these are – someone actually said the same thing of having female friendships, women who f- had that, uh, found that they had – 25 to 30% less stress in their Mm. life as a whole. They're talking about the same thing of uh, women with dementia as well. Even if they had um, a a strong connection with a spouse, they were more able to remember times with um, female friends that were very significant things that they did together, songs that they sang together. Um, I, I thought that was really interesting. So the benefits they're saying of having strong female relationships is actual strength. You have strength within that number. You have strength in support because uh, there was a woman, gosh, I should have wrote her name down. I'm awful. We're terrible journalists, but she had this word. She said, you share a common world with, and I love that turn of phrase that you have that common world and there was less stress having to worry about, um, you know, do they understand where I'm coming from? Um, a bit of a sympathizer? Do I have a little bit more safety here? That all of those components together is a de stressor, which does improve your quality of life. Now, with, oh, I feel so glad that you went first. I, I feel a, lo- a little less iffy on mm. the benefits now. But I don't know. Thoughts on the benefit? Do you feel you have a sympathizer? Is that, I don't even know if that is a positive, no, a sympathizer or. I guess they're saying in light of the the Me Too and Times Up campaign
0: that women kind of just having that. This reminds me of a bit of the conversation we were having. (laughs) I I knew we weren't gonna, we weren't planning on bringing it up, but we were uh, (laughs) the conversation we were having about blurred culture with the circle of nerds. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's just it's just nice to have someone with a shared experience to. To feel like a sense of belonging, right? And I think that that can manifest mm-hmm. itself in tons of different capacities, right? Whether that be uh, a woman who has shared something with you or somebody who is of the same ethnic background who has shared something with you. It's nice to feel like your experiences aren't abnormal. Yes, very and, much so. And I think it's true for people of color growing up within a, a white dominated society that we can feel like Mm -hmm. our our experiences or our our culture is abnormal. But surprisingly, as women, I think we can Mm -hmm. feel like our experiences are abnormal, even though half the population, we still feel a little bit like our experiences are abnormal. And I think for all women, I'm sure, but I've never had those sorts of friendships that you see in like romantic comedies or in the babysitter's club right like i've Mm -hmm. never had those sorts of relationships so sometimes it feels weird like my female friendships are aren't enough but i don't Mm. think that's that's true like i fiercely Mm -hmm. love i mean i fiercely love all my friends dish it girl you know, I have very strong feelings for the people that I care about. If you make it into my circle, like, I am going to love you forever. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and I'm sorry. <laughs> um, deal with it. Deal with it. But, and it's nice, I think, having particular people in your life who you can relate to. Even if you haven't shared those experiences together, you have experienced similar things in your past. And whether that be based in gender or race or anything else, I think it's important to have those relationships. So to me, that's that's one of the large values of having female friendships.
1: I I, I completely agree. It is. I I think, like we said before, in lieu of this, I had to actually check myself of being like, well, do I really have I always felt that way? No, I have not. And I think that came with a little bit of maturity in realizing the importance of having that camaraderie of thinking like, I can't feel like I can't I can't go my whole life thinking I'm the only person who feels this way and thinks this way. Like, it's horrific for your mental health.
0: Yeah. And I think we were both of and maybe I shouldn't drag you down with me. I was definitely (laughs) one of those girls in my youth that was like, I don't like other girls, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which, oh God, it's so embarrassing to even like, say out loud now, but you know, that's how I felt. And as somebody who yeah. has a lot of interests that are typically seen as male, I mm-hmm. think I connected with, um, with boys a lot easier in my youth than I did with girls. And I think part of it was also as women and girls we're trained to think that we're in competition with each other a little mm, bit
1: now we've cracked into it girl we've cracked yeah into yeah
0: it. yeah so i think i think there's this idea you know like there can only be one, so it better be me. Um I know. And it's what are we terrible. grasshoppers? Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> and like as an adult, I don't I don't really struggle with this anymore. Like it's been years mm-hmm. since I've really had to struggle with it, thankfully. But I think I think my response as a as an adolescent was to be like I don't like other girls. I'm not like other girls. Say it. Uh, well, I think for me, I, you become so... Because uh, I think both of us
1: had this in common. I, I will let you drag me down for, the, for this part. I think because, like, so we're both in theater, which, like I said, I do feel more now that it, it, there's a even... Divide, But that could just be my old folkiness thinking like back in my day, Mm -hmm. um, we didn't have it so bad. But then I kind of really started pursuing like sketch comedy and improv comedy. And then the women just like the amount of women, especially and people of color just disappeared. So the friendship I would make with that actually would become very protective of because it's all I had. And I think it's not necessarily like I don't like females. It was it was like the spot, the role of the female of this group, because that's all you ever get to see in a group is like there's mm. only space for one. In my mind, I'm like, if there's two, one of us have to get voted off the island because there's just no way there can actually be more than one woman in this improv troupe. I mean, ugh, ugh, can there be yeah, such a I, world? I
0: think, yeah, I think that's that's real. Mm-hmm. in the the comedy world as a whole i was fortunate enough in in my 20s to be part of a theater company that was that we did a lot of sketch and improv but we were pretty evenly split amongst like all Ooh. sorts of things so we were very evenly split across gender we were pretty evenly split across race and ethnicity so I was lucky enough to not have to have to have those feelings. I don't think once I, I reached college and, and started to be more aware that I was wrong, that I, it, wasn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't that uh, I didn't like other women. It was that society had kind of conditioned me into thinking that once I started to, to open my eyes to that, I didn't have mm-hmm. to experience it too heavily in my personal or professional life but that's because you know like we created those spaces so it was a theater mm-hmm. company that you know i joined less than a year after they had started so it was really like part of the creation of it so i didn't i didn't necessarily feel feel that way um for a mm-hmm. long time in that company and and i think most of my my professional work has also been in fields where there are a lot of women. So like I've worked a lot in education and in arts and while I know there's like certain facets of the art world that tend to be more male driven, at least in, in the companies that I've worked with in the the spaces that I've been in, there've been a lot of women. And and like I said, the organization I work for now is all women. So there's never that sense of I'm fighting for this spot you know.
1: Yeah. And I, I do think we're seeing um, that's what I'm really hoping for in this next you know generation is that I think we do have that part of competition because there's only so much room in quotation marks at the mm. top. But I think the more that we bond together, we're spreading out that table and saying like, no, no, there is a place for so many of us of all different backgrounds and mm-hmm. dreams and drives. And so I don't know. So it is no secret if you do look up anything about female friendship, that is probably one of the most overarching things is going to be like competitive and jealousy. So we have had experience with both and we have probably have both felt those feelings, whether it be um, body type. or everyone uh, has positions. felt those feelings, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't think it's just women, but these are the, the ones, the poor thing we're picking on y'all today. So how do we, what's the counter spell for lack of a better word? Like what, what are some just like. We can state the problem all day, which I, you know, I don't, I think we're both components of that doesn't do us any good of being like, yep, women can be competitive dot like what, what next? Like, what have you done? What can we do? What would you suggest to people listening can do to kind of to combat that?
0: How do we work on that? I think the first step with any of those those problems and i feel like a little bit like a broken record because what i always say is the first step is recognizing the problem Mm. right like there is competition there are feelings of jealousy i recognize i don't handle feelings in the best way and i'm working (laughs) on it (laughs) but (laughs) and jealousy is a particularly nasty feeling Ooh,
1: it really is, and it manifests itself into—I I mean, it's a very vicious thing. I've seen very amazing, uh, complex, fierce, strong women be completely transformed into something incredibly hideous by jealousy. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think recognizing the problem, and—and and I sincerely believe that in the future it will hopefully be less of a problem once Mm -hmm. women are more accurately represented in all things, because going back to your, your feeling of there can only be one. I'm the only one. Like that's, that's part of what's driving those feelings of competition and jealousy. That's like, no, that's entirely what's, what's driving those feelings (laughs) of, of competition and jealousy. So, I think the best way to deal with it is to open up that space for more women uh, and, and help if you're in a position of power, hire women, bring women mm-hmm. in, create those spaces for women. And I know this is kind of falling more in the, the professional than personal world, but I think mm-hmm. it can trickle out as we have more opportunity and we are able to create more opportunities for women, then the systemic problems will start to change, right? Will start to lessen because it won't be there's only one space for women. There'll be five spaces. Oh, totally. There'll be more spaces. And then there isn't the necessity to be as competitive or as jealous just on the basis of gender, right? So, and mm. I mean, people are competitive and jealous regardless. Um, i know but, <laughs> but at least they won't be on the basis of gender
1: I guess, I guess that's true i will say i think i might challenge or add to i think it's not just only like the limited amount of space i do think mm-hmm. it actually does come from an insecurity as well oh I think yeah yeah t- so going back to, to leslie nope she was able to But constantly, and I know, you know, what's the comedy, but what I really feel so deeply and I've really added into my own life is speaking so much truth into other women and realizing it does not degrade me as a person. When I've seen jealousy in competition, it's one of those things of, so I've had like a seminar in mentoring women and they, I'm here to try to uplift women. Encourage them. Try to, you know, help them kind of get back emotionally back on track for whatever that means. You would be surprised. Like they want to fill their time talking about someone that they obviously don't like or gets on their nerves or is causing them stress. And the one, the very first thing I do is have them stop and be like, give that woman four compliments. Give them four compliments right now. I don't want you to say anything else. She's gossipy, she's blah blah blah. She flared with your man. You know, she said something underneath her breath, blah, blah, blah. I want you to give that woman four compliments. And you it it changes everything. I'm not saying you have to like everybody, but what I'm saying is that we so often will just see our own securities and and be so unsure of ourselves that we don't have a space to be empathetic to other women. I just don't understand that mm. of, I and mean, like I said, and this is not something I have perfected, but just like with Danny being like, she, I find you incredibly intelligent, really insightful, bang banging body, awesome tattoos. She does great job editing. And you know what? I can say all those things and not say, she's great at those things. I am not because I realize I have a lot to add in different areas and that's what makes our friendship so beautiful. And I don't understand why. Yeah, we don't, I want to seek out someone different.
0: I think it's, it's related to what I was saying, this idea of because we're so conditioned to think there's such limited space for those things, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's like, I completely, completely agree with you that the, the other side of the coin of jealousy is insecurity. It's Jealousy is almost always rooted in insecurity. And I think because in our mind, we're conditioned like if you're telling another woman that she's beautiful, there's only so many spots for beautiful women in this world. And you're giving one to another woman. And so that's one less spot for you. I don't think it's a conscious a conscious decision, a conscious thing that women are aware of. But I, I feel like that's that's the heart of it. Right. Like I think, Mm -hmm. oh, that woman has this. I guess I can't have that.
1: I just I I just. (laughs) So within this. I'm not a psychiatrist. I I don't actually know. (laughs) I know. Let's give these women some hugs. Y'all need some hugs. I need a hug. So we so we have this. So we've stated like jealousy in competition is one of those bits. So to combat to kind of counteract that, maybe we should have a little bit of empathy and a little bit more confidence Mm. in in ourselves so like i don't but you know what's really hard is that how do you get confidence in yourself when you have a hard time dragging that out you get support from your friends it's like a vicious evil cycle it's so women women i'm speaking to you tell your friend how awesome they are tell them. you know what i mean even if you don't feel like you're on that level it might be awkward come on i'm i'm just gonna call bs on that even if someone doesn't take the compliment well, they're going to be really happy you gave them a compliment. I'm a firm believer in just, like, doling them out. Like, it costs you nothing to tell somebody that her hair looks fierce, her outfit's on point, or you really appreciate her television watching on her Instagram. You know, it costs you nothing, and you have no idea how that might build up another woman and start breaking down these walls of... You know, self doubt and
0: competition, and that's part of the beauty of yeah. Leslie Nope. You know, like yeah. we all need somebody in our lives who's going to call us a poetic, noble land mermaid, right? <laughs> like
1: that's, <laughs> that's what we
0: need. That's what all
1: of us need. <laughs> yes, and I, and actually, and if you don't, maybe we should start doing that more in the show. If you're not getting that from a friend, we're just going to start giving you compliments like all the time i think that's what i might just have to start like we have to start adding that in of just being like we're gonna give you constant and telling you about the majestic brilliant unicorn that you all are and just keep filling your mind with this until you flip and believe it and you start acting accordingly
0: be your fucking strong unicorn self and like let your shiny mane shine and the more Mm -hmm. you do that the more you'll inspire other people to to really lean into mm-hmm. themselves as well
1: I will this will be the last thing I really wanted to talk about with the complexity of female to female relationships and that is expectations and we I mean we have this in all I mean we have this in partnerships in marriages in families but I think specifically in this I was talking to my husband to like, it is um, expectations, unrealistic ones, or even just mm. unvocalized ones, mm. are poison in a friendship. Yes, is, I yes. believe it is absolute poison. And I was telling, I was telling him, like, I actually want to like decapitate the beast of unrealistic or unexpressed expectations. Like we said in our news resolution, we want to a death to subtext. And this yes. falls underneath that umbrella of subtext. Women, I, I don't, once again, we're not therapists, but some of the expectations we have on other women to fulfill certain needs in our lives. I'm sorry, it's, it's insane. No one can match up to that. In certain levels, especially if they're not expressed.
0: I'm not sure I understand what you mean. Like what sort of expectations?
1: We have like, so we talked about, I've like, done some research about what do we find great in a friend, which is fantastic. I think we should. Uh, a lot of the ones are avail- like, available. Like they're just available. They're nurturing. They're supportive. They're honest. They're positive. Do you know what I mean? Like th- these are all things that are fantastic. I completely agree. But to think that someone can always make themselves available. Someone can always be the one who gives you the support. Someone who, do you know what I mean? Someone who's always going to be like, I need help. Does that like the the intensity of it? I think with women, especially because we have, we go into career and some of us decide to do the relationship thing and do the family thing, our availability with friendships will change and the amount mm-hmm. of effort and seasons that we go into. And I think I'm pretty sure when you were going for your degrees, you know, and all like you're studying hardcore, your availability changed with some of your friendships, even your your ones that you relied heavily on, it just looked different. Mm. And if someone had an unreal expe- expectation, they can say, oh, you've dropped off. You are not fulfilling my needs in this relationship. I'm going to have resentment now. And I'm going to send you some subtext. And I'm going to subtly let you know, but not really let you know that I am unhappy in my expectations of you in our relationship. Like I've seen that time and time again. I've, I've been guilty of that as well. Like, Time and I feel like someone's really, really let me down. But I have not expressed my expectation of oh, I had a show, I re- you did not come. I am really hurt by that. It's so
0: hard, mm-hmm. right? Because that that requires a level of vulnerability that most of us are very, very uncomfortable with. And it's stupid mm-hmm. if you stop to think about it. Because what is the worst thing that can happen from you saying what you want out loud? Right. Like, what is the worst thing that can happen? Could it be any worse than, like, how shitty you're feeling because you feel like somebody is, is hurting your feelings and not meeting your expectations? Like, how could it be worse mm, than that already? It. Like, just say what you Ooh. want. And, and I'm like, I'll talk because it's fucking hard. <laughs> it is fucking hard.
1: <laughs> I I love you even more. But we get, we don't, we just don't, we just don't get like, I'm hurt. We get wounded by other women. Other women don't hurt other women. We wound each other. Mm. Like a wound is something that's really deep, takes a long time to heal. It hits the bone. Like a hurt is, you know, you you tripped off a bike, but a wound is like you were in a battle for Middle Earth. (laughs) You know what I mean? And there's just something about that. And I think our expectations are so intense. Like we, we want you to answer every text and we don't want you to have any other friends that you're sharing your intimacy, your private details, your struggles with, if I see you heading out to our favorite vegan sandwich place without me, I'm going to let you know, like I'm going to put, you know, ghost you. It's just, you, you've seen it time and time and time again, these unrealistic expectations or, If you don't find them unreal, like unrealistic, they're just not expressed. What are people supposed to do with that? I've seen some amazing friendships just burn out, fizzle and die because they want, like I said, including myself, I have a a definitely one friendship that stands out for me where I think because of our life circumstances, our expectations of each other and availability and stuff changed. And, you know, I'm really grieved
0: about that. I hate that I no longer have that friendship in my life. To just continue on that line of thought. There's also this, this weird thing within society where we aren't given or allowed the space to grieve friendships the way we are to grieve romantic relationships, right? You have a breakup Mm. from a, A romantic partner and people are like oh yeah of course you're sad like you know people rally and support you perhaps but like you have a falling out with a friend or a friendship naturally takes its course and ends and it's weird to publicly grieve the ending of a friendship Mm.
1: you know what I actually I'm trying to think if I actually even seen that in like a media or in the arts or do you know what I mean? Right. Like really like a real public way. I'm trying to think of like a raw. Rom- Do you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. even a rom-com or a play or something where it's just like, I am no longer friends with this person. I am actually really heartbroken and grieved. Mm. That is challenging.
0: I think it goes back to that, that idea of communicating both expectations and boundaries of a friendship because we mm-hmm. are so bad at communicating those things a lot of times, friendships end without the closure that a romantic relationship mm-hmm. will end with. It's the same drama as the end of a romantic relationship.
1: It is. You got to separate, you know, your friends. You got to return each other's stuff. Oh, we booked that couples mani-pedi. Exactly. Um. <laughs>
0: exactly. Right.
1: And it's really messy. Ugh.
0: It's so messy.
1: It is what I'm telling you, girl. It's messy. But I, I think we are in an age, like I said, we're so glad we have a character like Leslie Nope that are really willing to put those, those beautiful n- non-romantic or physical sexual relationships in a pedestal where it actually should be. It is a nurturing thing. It is a growing thing. And let me tell you, if you have a solid friendship, it is worth fighting for. It's worth being vulnerable with. It's worth you know, I, I had a really good friend of mine. He's he's not super crazy, like articulate with, you know, saying he loves somebody, but he had something pop up in his life that really made him evaluate that. And I got a video message super randomly, just being like, we're crazy close. And you know, I, I, I love you, there's nothing I would do anything for you. And I know, I knew that took a lot of vulnerability and, and oh, just had to really come from somewhere that I didn't, think he even knew that he had. And I'm like, my gosh, that really said to me, you know, we've been friends for forever. Like, wow, we're in it. We're in this together. And it doesn't matter if we haven't talked for months or, you know, I've, we've got this craziness going on or I know that we're in it together. And I think, I think that might have to be it. If you're vulnerable with each other, your intentions on your, your friendship and where you want it to go. When you have these kind of bumps in the roads or when these expectations kind of fall flat, when you have hurt, you understand the heart of the person because you are on this together. You will further understand where this relationship, where this friendship is trying to go. Do you know, does that make sense? I think uh, that one's such a hard one to try to fight. Yeah. is expectations. Yeah,
0: but I, I think there's also validity in... Not knowing where the relationship is going, where your friendship is going, just knowing that you're in it together and you care about each other and you want the best for each other. You don't have to have the life plan. (laughs) With a person, oh,
1: I guess know? I guess I did make it kind of sound <laughs> that way. I'm uh, I'm like I'm like five years. We need to be vacations with each other. Yeah, <laughs> I'm no, talking but- about matching Halloween costumes again. But
0: <laughs> but I mean I, I I feel that for sure. Like I have I'm I'm lucky enough in my life to have a very strong romantic partner, my husband, and I'm also lucky enough in my life to have. Like, a couple of really awesome best friends. And, you know, one's female and one's male. And they know who they are. And they know how I feel about them. (laughs) And it makes me feel incredibly awkward uh, to talk about it. But, like, you know, like, we... We... It's this... (laughs) I can't even out, say girl. anything. I can't even say anything. You're you're, you're so, so
1: deep into this. Just just let it go. Just because the thing is the awkwardness cannot be
0: stronger than how you feel for your friend. Oh, yeah. Do you but, know what I mean? But see, here's the thing is like, <laughs> <laughs> is I could tell so them how the, I feel. Here's the thing. <laughs> I can tell them how I feel and I struggle with it. And it's as awkward as it sounds here. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, like, I don't think you necessarily have to be able to express things in words and, and being able to recognize that mm. different people process things in different ways. Right. And I don't know how familiar you are with like those love languages. That's a thing. Right. Oh, girl. I feel like that. Must, uh, totally. It, it's it's not just romantic love, though. Right. Like it's completely, it's friendship. I completely agree. Different people express their feelings in different ways. And some people do it verbally and some people do it physically and some do it by, you know, doing things for people or, or giving gifts Mm -hmm. or whatever. And, and I think Mm -hmm. leaning into who you are and expressing yourself however you can at the end of the day is what's important.
1: Oh, we've been everywhere. This one has been (laughs) a bit like, but, 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 but that's the thing that should show you just the complexity of female, female relationships. So that it, it does feel scattered but you need them that is it. you need them and you need them to be strong you need them to be open you need them to be majestic and magical and reaffirming mm. and um, vulnerable and honest and if you can't get behind that you know uh, I don't know, uh, maybe a really bad friend then <laughs> that's not very hopeful is it <laughs>
0: that's <laughs> <It's> too judgy <laughs> Tamika that is wow Who i'm not
1: the judging one are you are know, you just channeling
0: kidding. me over there i'm
1: trying to be i've just been like no you're a shitty friend <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying to be like i'm trying to channel like a, that was a danny judgmental. quote right there yeah it totally was so look at that you're like we're our friendship we're already like just transferring <laughs> transferring all of that goodness right there but I, what are we saying here female friendships are they complex yes are they worth it hell yes they really really are
0: Yeah, it's important to have people in your life who you care about and who care about you and who will support you. And I think as women, it's particularly important to have women around you who are going to help lift you up and who you'll help lift up as well.
1: Mhm. I'm I'm excited about it. I in a f- other post I think for Valentine's Day/Galentine's slash Galentine's Day, I encourage people to like, you know, tag their favorite unicorn, but I think we should continue to do that.
0: Yes, and I just have to thank you for that lovely lovely Valentine to me. I love you so I'm, to me. I'm just letting
1: you know you know what's funny i almost sent you i'm so mad that i didn't i almost did actually send you a parks and rec one <laughs> and i did it but i just thought it was, the spock was really special because like our first episode we talked about Spock yes. Phoenix, and I'm, oh. a really, I'm a sucker for sentimentality so oh i had to
0: that's why you're the heart of biracial unicorns <laughs> <you
1: know>, <laughs> oh we're a team but should we end uh should we talk about our happy
0: place then yeah. Tell me about your happy place this week, Tamika.
1: Because we slightly mentioned it, we were doing like a interview kind of thing, guest light spot thing for Circle of Nerds. Mm-hmm. I was just like feeling my oats and all my blurredness. Like it was just so nice to kind of like dive in the culture. But one of the favorite things I have had and I just hadn't really, really tapped into in forever because I'm busy um, was, you know, Andre the Black Nerd. It's a YouTube channel. Mm. And he gives me – have you – I'm sure you've heard I've of it. I've heard of it, yeah. He gives me all of my life back, like, full on, like, yes, honey. He is just so hilarious because he is literally – he's a black nerd. He has these so – he was just in one of his latest episodes, he was talking about something I was beyond excited for was a Batman Ninja Turtle crossover cartoon movie. Wait, what? Is that, like, a real thing? Yeah, Batman and Ninja Turtles. Yeah. What? And this is not the first time. Yeah. Oh, it's already. It's happened before, like ages ago. But like, it's a thing, and there's. It's coming out, and I'm really excited about it. Huh. Um, I know. So he was talking about it and he totally threw some shade at the most recent Ninja Turtle movies. I'm sorry. So he's nerding out, nerding out, nerding out about, you know, Oh, you know, this was underneath Paramount, blah, blah. then he got to the new movie, the newer Ninja Turtle movies. And he just gave this look that was like, "Mm, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna leave that there. But it was just like that switch in between like nerding out, nerding out, nerding out total. Like, no, no moment i died i watched it like two separate times it was it just it brought me so much joy to be like you know what there are people with my melanin that geek out about these things and it's that inclusivity kind of feeling and safety and it makes you feel a little less odd and um yeah I've, we've had a lot of opportunity to nerd out this week and it makes me really happy
0: yeah i love nerding out i mean that's kind of my life <laughs>
1: So so no- what was your happy place this week?
0: Well, my happy place has changed in this last hour that we've been recording. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> so, my my happy place is kitten cuddles.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we've had a we've had like a silent special guest and no one We
0: have. No one's known. Yeah, little Miss Kumo kitten is with me. I have I have two black cats. And uh, the younger one, Kumo, just got spayed. Poor baby. So she was really Mm. not herself for a while and hiding. And she's usually a very social, outgoing cat, very active, very talkative. But she got major surgery done and (laughs) was not feeling good. And usually I kick her and her brother out while I'm recording. But I let her stay in. and, And she's just been sitting here cuddling. Purring, so happy, Aww. being really sweet. Cats are the best. Are you? Are you a cat or a dog person? I think you're a cat person, right? So, so I actually,
1: my husband, I had a black cat when we lived in the states. His name was Mumford, and he was because my husband's a cat person. So traditionally, I have not been a cat person, but I loved my husband. So by proxy, I became a cat person. You married into and it after. I did. I married into it. I inherited a a cat person. And my husband, is he is a cat person, like, dot. He will understate his cat person-ness, but I'm not going to let him get away with it. So we had this black cat, and he – I'm not going to lie. We had a bad romance. It was very love-hate thing. And then it just kind of – we did. We just weren't speaking the same language. We were both just black things living in this world being angry. And then we just kind of finally had some camaraderie, and we kind of finally – you know, we, we just finally found, like, our our common ground and our love for each other. And when we, we were moving overseas, he was going to have to be um, put in a kennel for a while. And we just, I don't the thought of him having to be, like, away from us for that long kind of uh, just gave me a bit of anxiety. So he's actually with my closest, dearest friend's family. And he has actually got to start getting along with other cats, which he never used to do whatsoever. And just like love and affection and love, love me some Mumford. But I, I am a dog person, but I just, my life has not led me to have said dog, but actually my husband, uh, he did a good job. We, we had a good cat. Mm -hmm. We had a really, really good one. He did. He did convert me. I'm not, this is probably the first time I'm saying it publicly. (sighs) I feel very, Yeah. This is the first time I'm actually admitting it publicly. Look at us. Look, I feel like you did so much more vulnerability work in this being very like open and honest. And I'm like, and you're like, I have oh have my god, something. I'm saying
0: I'm a cat person. I'm
1: saying I might be a cat person. <laughs> <laughs> my growth chart is not looking as good. Uh- <laughs>
0: My husband and I are definitely both both cat people and we have two mm. cats and a house rabbit currently and we had one cat for for a long time for about 10 years and we both have tattoos of that cat. We loved her so.
1: Oh, I love that. Did she, she passed away recently?
0: Did I make that It was in my mind? it was a couple of years ago now. Oh And yes, she yeah. she died in a very bad way. She was killed by a dog so that sorry. came into our yard. Um <gasps> yeah. Which I mean, did not help my husband's hatred of dogs.
1: Wow, it's not even a dislike; it's a hatred. This is supposed to be our happy I know. place. I have ruined <laughs> it's, it's,
0: it's, it. I should. It's gotten better. I mean, there are certain dogs that he likes and gets along with, and I think a lot of his anger is is finally gone. But it's hard. It's traumatic. It really is. That's not a way to lose it. An yeah, animal. but we love cats. We both we both had cats growing up, so we're cat people. I was gonna say some stuff about dog people. But all my closest friends are dog people, so <laughs>
1: <laughs> that needs to be another a whole other little offshoot of of an episode. <laughs> cat pe- like
0: it, cat people it versus really dog exist? people. I mean, yeah, really, does it exist? Is it a construct that we have formed? I mean, I I love love cats, but I'm also just a softie for for all animals
1: and see i kind of get that vibe from you like i would believe like if someone brought like a well-behaved sweetheart dog that i think you would be like yeah let's totally kick it
0: oh yeah absolutely and i mean i cuddle with my friend's dogs all the time so <laughs> mm,
1: you need to come here animals here Ridiculous. Like, I thought, like, in America, you're like, oh, people have their fur babies, which I have an uh, issue with that term. I'm not going to get into <laughs> it today. We don't have the time. Um, I'm, and I'm so, I'm like, strong frothing of, to talk about it. Yeah, I have strong feel You want to talk about, like, what was it yeah, the, was it, um, you brought up Reddit, our last one. You're like, yeah, this might be divisive. This might be, I think this might this be. This is a more divisive issue. That, up. <laughs> that would be a more divisive issue, would be completely. So I'm not, I'm, mm. Mm, going to hold it back. With that, people here really love their dogs here. And they are here's the thing, we're li- like we're both from New Mexico and I'm I'm just going to go ahead and call us out in New Mexico. Our dogs walk us like you don't walk them. I'm, I'm just seeing it. Like we, we just kind of like. I'm like, oh yeah, that's Pedro. Pedro does whatever he wants, basically. Like we just oh, let them. Oh girl, do what they don't want. even get me started. Yeah, I just feel like I, I can't tell you how many times I've just seen like very beautiful petite young women, especially like walking around dogs that might as well be horses, just dragging them along down the street. It's just, but here I don't know. I think. Dogs literally get born in a training school because we live right next to a wooded area. I can't tell you how many times I've gone in there and I've seen dogs not on leashes and I get paranoid, especially with my daughter when she was tiny and I grab her close to me. And they are just crazy. They are insanely well behaved. They will, they might, they might not even come up to us. They might sniffer and move on. They don't, sometimes they don't even acknowledge my presence. Like to have a dog, not like bark at a black woman is pretty amazing. Like most of the time, unless they're a crazy young pup, they're not bothered by my presence, which is very strange. (laughs) And, uh, they just they really care for them and train them and it's it's a deal it is all like it's a next level kind of care for dogs I don't know how to explain it but it's not a spoiling it is like a conditioning and caring and it, uh, I don't know I don't explain it they can go in a lot of cafes here like a lot of cafes here. Like indoors, not on the outside place. Like inside, it's very it's very interesting. Yeah,
0: I mean that's my feeling about dogs. Like if you're gonna have a dog, like love that dog and train that dog. <laughs> like that's
1: train that dog. That's What I'm saying. Mm, we have we. I don't. You think because we're t- like we're both kind of tired and off, but we have been like the tangent princesses today
0: yeah like, i mean but let's be real isn't that the crown we always wear <laughs>
1: so well then let's let's wear it proudly then um, cool. If, if, if people have questions like why can't we stay on topic um, you can send it to biracialunicorns at gmail.com um, you can also go on to Facebook as well. Yeah, Facebook
0: we're Biracial Unicorns. On Instagram we're Biracial Unicorns. I think we're on Twitter now. Is that a thing? Uh so yeah, by the time this episode comes
1: out, we will be on Twitter. We Danny and I both have feel of course, we're full of feelings. We have something with Twitter, but I recognize that is how a lot of people communicate. So we are gonna we're gonna try this out, all right, and be patient, but yes, we're gonna be there, and we're gonna get that information to you out very soon.
0: Awesome. Thank you to Joseph Scott of the Citizens of Tape City for our theme music. You can find more mm-hmm. from them by following the links in our show notes. You can also check out Dolly Pop art who has drawn our lovely artwork. I think she just Mm -hmm. recently like hit a a new milestone with her followers. I can't remember how many, but it's pretty cool. So she's, yeah. So she's doing like, she was doing a giveaway or, or something. Um, So check her out. Her work is great.
1: Yes. It really, and it's so unique. And I, I just enjoy it. it. Just really, it makes me smile whenever I see it.
0: All right. Well, we'll be back in a couple of weeks. I'm so excited. Can't wait. And uh, lovely unicorns. This is a good place for a compliment. What compliment should we leave our our lovely unicorns with?
1: Ooh, your sparkliness is both blinding and inspiring.
0: It's true. Peace.
1: (laughs) Out. (laughs)